This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Today's message is, Who Killed Jesus? As we're getting really close to Easter, it might be a question that you should begin to ask yourself. So what really happened? Who killed Jesus? Sadly, that argument has been used to to persecute the Jewish people for millennia. Because they think automatically that it was just the Jews, the Jewish people that killed Jesus. And people were killed, sadly, Uh, In the name of Jesus, Uh, sadly, there were Jewish people who were forced by the the sword to confess that Christ is Lord or die. And during certain parts of the crusade, uh, people were killed in the name of Jesus. So who killed Jesus? It's a question that arises from conversations I have at time from time. It can be a very provocative question, and uh, it's something that all of us, I think, as believers, uh, if you're a mature believer, that you need to begin to formulate some uh, and study the Scripture to come up with some answers. Who killed Jesus? And in Luke chapter 13, which is where we left off last week, it continues... It says this in verse 31, just at the time some Pharisees came up to Jesus and they said to him, go away and depart from here because Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, go tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow and on the third day I will reach my goal. Basically, says, nonetheless, there's somebody who's after me. I am still going to do what God wants me to do. And so he's on his way to Jerusalem. If you've been here the last few weeks, you know that Jesus is on his journey to Jerusalem. I don't have time to explain the importance of a prophet because many of the prophets in the Old Testament were killed in Jerusalem. The sacrifices that were done on behalf of the people was done in Jerusalem. So even though someone like King, uh, King Herod wants to kill Jesus, Jesus says, hey, I'm gonna still going to do what I'm going to do, but I'm on my way to Jerusalem. The, the crazy thing or the uh, wild thing about Jesus is that it seems like he, what he was calling was the best from us. From people who were listening, he was calling the best from people. But in some cases, or in many cases, it brought the worst out of people. It's it's shocking to me as we think about Jesus. He was without sin. So it wasn't like something he did against you that you want revenge. He was without evil. He, He lived a perfect life. I believe he was absolutely good. He was holy. 
He was compassionate. He was generous. He was gracious. He was benevolent. He helped people with desperate needs. He forgave people's sins, and he offered eternal life, and he offered people to escape eternal judgment and punishment. And he didn't do it so that you would have to earn your way, but through faith in Christ, you could receive that. He offered gifts of all gifts, eternal life, everlasting joy. But instead of people embracing that, embracing him, instead of embracing him with gratitude and with joy, only a few, and we talked about that last week, only a few seem to get it. The rest, the non-few wanted to kill him. So I'm going to just go through some characters in the scriptures that wanted to kill Jesus. And let's start off with the big one, King Herod. King Herod is the, the man that we see in the beginning of the story of Jesus. He was an evil man. However, he did some good things, like he helped rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. They hated, the Jewish people hated him because he was not a Jew. There were a lot of things he did well, but there were a lot of things he did not do so well. Now, before we move on, we're going to talk to you, or I'm going to talk to you about who killed Jesus, but the question you need to begin to ask yourself, what's why? What's the deeper reason of why? I believe that God has given you enough uh, cranial capacity to begin to begin to come up with the answers of the why. Why? So we know that King Herod always lived with some paranoia because someone wanted to take his throne. So why would you be afraid for someone to take your throne? Begin to answer that question. He was so, so filled with paranoid that he wanted to find the Messiah. And he tried to dupe the, the wise men to coming back and telling them, telling him where Jesus was. So what does he do? He doesn't know who it is. He's filled with paranoia because someone might take his power and his throne because they say he's going to be the king of the Jews. So what does he do? He massacres every male child, two ages and younger, in the whole area of Bethlehem. Can you imagine if you're a parent? Can you imagine if you are a parent and your child got caught up in this diabolical madman's net? In Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 through 18 is the description of this horrible, horrible mass slaughter. What kind of crazy man do you have to be that he's going to kill innocent little babies and they had not done anything against him? So King Herod was someone who wanted Jesus to be killed. 
did he kill Jesus? Let's move on to the next phase or person or group, the temple authorities. These were people who were in charge of the, the temple. In John chapter 2, right before the Passover, what does Jesus do? We all know what he did. In verse 14 of John chapter 2, he goes into the temple and he finds people selling oxen, sheep, doves, and they were money changers. And uh, they were all doing business inside the temple area. And so what does he do? Jesus, he clears them out. He pours down their, their coins, throws all their stuff around, empties and overturns their tables because they were, they were selling and doing things that shouldn't have been done in the temple, doing the right thing, but calling them out. And he says, stop making my house, my father's house, a house of merchandise. And so someone, Jesus, was interrupting the flow of business. The temple leaders were getting rich off of an improper selling of goods inside the temple. And so Jesus interrupts that. He comes in and he breaks that economy up that was done illegally, immorally, unethically, unscripturally. And then, of course, later on we know that Jesus says, I'll destroy this temple in three days and I will rebuild it. And they wanted Jesus dead because he exposed their corrupt business. But the bigger question you need to answer is why? Why? Why did they really want him killed? Why did King Herod really wanted him killed? Why did the temple leaders really wanted him to kill, be killed? And then we're going to find out that all the Jewish leaders wanted him dead. The whole of Israel, it seemed like, wanted him dead. Not just those who ran the enterprise, but everybody, the Sadducees, the chief priests, all the Jewish leaders wanted him dead. Why? That's the big question. Because Jesus exposed their perverted, corrupt hearts. Jesus did things on the Sabbath, which they condemned. But Jesus said, listen, what you're doing is, should be condemned trying to earn their way into salvation. So Jesus confronts them. You know what I love about confrontation? Is that everybody believes in it until you're confronted. Who wanted Jesus dead? Well, Jesus comes and he cleans and cleanses the temple. He ruins their their flow of money. But again, we need to ask the bigger question, why? Can you, can you imagine? They, these Jewish leaders were so furious at Jesus because people would carry their own bed on the Sabbath. Talk about a corruption of understanding of Scripture. The general people wanted him dead. When Pontius Pilate 
didn't know what to do. In Luke chapter 23, he says, look, take Barabbas and let Jesus go. And they screamed, no, release Barabbas, release Barabbas. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. The mass, the mob, the scream for Jesus' blood. So it wasn't just King Herod. It wasn't just the temple leaders. It was all the Jewish leaders. It wasn't just them. It was the people. But the bigger question is why? Why? Why would King Herod want a little infant baby killed? Why would the temple leaders want Jesus, who was doing the right thing, to be killed? Why would all the Jewish leaders want him to be killed? Why did the people want him to be killed? Think of it. I mean, I could give you an answer, but I want you to think. Why would all the people? Didn't I just said he forgives sins, he promises eternal life, he healed people, he casted out devils, he fed people, he did no one any wrong, he was blameless, he was pure, he was holy, yet they hated him. Why did they hate him? Is it just because of the money? Was it just because, just think of it, why? So what is, uh, what is uh, the people want? They want Barabbas instead. Pontius Pilate, very famous character in, in the story. I would say Pontius Pilate needed him dead in order to avoid a revolution under his watch. So in a sense, he was political. He had no real reason to condemn Jesus, but he was political. I'd rather have one man who's upset with me or a few people than the mob and create this tension or upheaval. Because the people wanted him dead. But he, didn't find, he found no fault in him. And so he wanted to wash his hands of innocent blood. They didn't want, he didn't want anybody to report to Rome that something bad is happening under his watch. So what does he do? He releases them to the soldiers. The soldiers wanted him dead. And ultimately they're the ones who nailed the nails in his hands and feet to the cross. Uh, this person, Herod Antipas, a crazy guy right here. You know, as I, I before I go to King Herod or to Herod Antipas, it just dawned on me. We just talked about last week. And that's why we have to preach the whole gospel and not partial gospel. Because Jesus is the one who closes the door. They didn't like that. They didn't like to hear that. And there is a certain sense of urgency that we talked about last week. You know, when he closes the door, there's a certain sense of urgency. You have to have a relationship. 
with Jesus. And they recognize that there's a horrible place for those who don't have that relationship, don't have that connection with Jesus. A place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. So now we get to Herod. He's the son of the great Herod that we talked about in the beginning. Let me tell you something. King Herod was so crazy that he had his wife killed and other children killed because he was afraid they were going to take over his throne. And this is now one of his other children. He had the equal hatred for Jesus. The same hatred that his father had for baby Jesus. This is the guy that had John the Baptist beheaded on the request of, a, of an illicit marriage that he had. This guy killed Jesus, has his hands guilty as well, because on the whim of his illicit marriage, wife's request, because Jesus was a threat to his authority, because Jesus was someone that possibly could dethrone him as well and give a bad report under his watch. He murdered John the Baptist, and he too, and he's the one that basically robed Jesus in the royal garment and they paraded him and made fun of him. Why? Why? Why would you kill a man that all he did, he did nothing against you? He offered forgiveness. He offered healing. He offered salvation. Maybe he was afraid. Maybe King, I mean, Herod Antipas was afraid. Maybe he was afraid because he knew that Jesus could cast out demons. He could cast out demons. I remember one time I was at a church. This is pre-salvation for me. And I sat in the back, in that corner. And I remember there was this message being called and a message for salvation and I remember talking to my friend Craig. I said, Craig, because I could tell like something was happening to Craig, like he wanted to respond. I said, Craig, don't do it. I mean, he was literally uh, crying already, ready to, to get out of his seat and come down the aisle. And I was that guy, and I whispered to Craig, don't do it. You know why? Because Craig was my party partner. I did it out of selfish reasons. I did not want to change my life. So I asked Craig not to change his life. I didn't want change. So I'm thinking of Herod Antipas. Why? Why? He could be busy doing whatever he wanted to do. Maybe he killed Jesus first because he didn't want to be maybe lived with fear that he was going to be killed or demons going to be casted out of him or maybe that he would be held responsible for his life and he knew that Jesus could see through his life and his heart. 
But why would they do this? This last one I want to talk to you about, who killed Jesus. Now, I, I am purposely avoiding one topic. Um, and I didn't put it on there. I want you to think. I want you to put your thinking caps, all right? You know the story. Who else do some people in some of our theology say killed Jesus? I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I'm just going to reference it. But there's a whole three-quarters of our family believes that God was part of killing Jesus. But we would have to unfold a lot more of that, and we're not, we're not going to do that today. But I believe that you can do uh, some research on your own. I think you have the capacity. This last person, uh, I wanted to put the title, They Is Us. I just put my name. Now, that is not the wrong picture. I looked up my picture on Google, and this guy's name came up. He is an engineer somewhere in Connecticut. Maybe we're related. You see the resemblance? We're wearing glasses. I'm asking you to, for a moment to put yourself in the story. Isn't it funny or ironic that when it comes to following Jesus, we struggle with the exact same things? King Herod was so um, insecure that he was willing to do whatever it took that nobody would dethrone his life, his position. He did not want to lose control of his own life. I struggled with that. and You don't have to raise your hand. The temple leaders hated him because he messed with their economic way of doing things. So let me ask you a question. Is Jesus the Lord of your economic way of doing things? Is Jesus the Lord of the way I do and handle my, my finances? Back to King Herod. How do I deal with Jesus who says, let me sit on the throne in every area of your life? Let me deal with the money. How do you deal with Mar money, Mario? I want to be the Lord. And I believe strongly that there are friends of mine that, that aren't following the Lord in the sense they, they keep them at arm's distance because... They don't want to have to relinquish the control of money. They don't want to have to relinquish their control of power. They didn't want to relinquish how they live their lives. I don't see how anybody would deny Jesus. Because what he offers us is life, the fullness of life, the purpose for life. 
But people say no. I have denied Jesus for political reasons. I have said no to him because in fear of maybe interactions with someone who doesn't believe or, or conflict. Pontius Pilate didn't want conflict. I could, I could resonate with this guy. I resonate with these people. I resonate with the temple leaders. I resonate with King Herod. So when the question is asked, who killed Jesus, I'll let you answer that for yourself. But the, uh, I like the phrase, they is me. They is me. And so this Easter, uh, as we come up to Palm Sunday, and I know we're a little bit out of order here. I pray, God, that all of us, I pray to God that all of us would begin to ask the question, why? Like, let's just say the Lord has asked it to control your life and your finances, and your first reaction is, no. You know, if you're part of our church, you know we never talk about tithing, ever. Like, once every decade we talk about tithing. But why is it so hard to trust the Lord with our finances? Why? Begin to ask that question. If you struggle in that area, ask the Lord, why? Why? Is he not, you know, begin to formulate questions in your mind. Authority. Maybe you're in a relationship right now. You're not married. Jesus wants to sit in the throne of your life. Maybe you're, you don't want your life to change. You like your, the life that you're living. And, and asking Jesus to be Lord of all in your life would throw that off a little bit. The things that you do on weekends cannot be done because you gave your life to Jesus, all of it. So they is me. And I would say that they is us. So as we get ready for Easter, I pray that God would give you opportunities to relinquish your control to a loving Father. There's got to be, there's that something, that step that says, I don't know if I trust you. I just don't know if you're trustworthy. And so I pray, God, that uh, this week that all of us at Mosaic Church would just begin to formulate in our minds, Lord, help us. What areas in our lives have we not surrendered? I know that we didn't kill Jesus. You know, if I was around 2,000 years ago when Jesus was alive, and knowing my propensities, especially when I was a young person, I would be right there with him. Because 2,000 years later in my current time in history, I kept Jesus at bay. I didn't want him in my relationships. I didn't want him with my finances. I didn't want Jesus in my future. I didn't want him with my education. I didn't want him in my relationships. I didn't want him when I was by myself in my dorm room 
Didn't want him there. I kept him at arm's bay, at arm's length. So it'd be easy to point the finger at them, but um, I played a part in that. So I'm eternally grateful why Jesus, why he would save me. Just mine, it's, it's perplexing, but I do receive it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your loving kindness towards us. And Lord, just understanding our propensities to do what these men did, these people did. Yet you still love us. You still offer the hand of grace and salvation. It's just mind-boggling, perplexing, but incredibly grateful. Lord, I pray that when we leave this place, Lord, that we are filled with gratitude because of salvation. If it wasn't for your grace, if it wasn't for you extend your arm of grace to us through your, the work of the Holy Spirit, for those that, like me who so easily rejected your ways, so easily rejected you, Father, I just am eternally grateful. I pray that we are all eternally grateful. We stand with those who are in scriptures, are, are considered the few. But Lord, our hearts grieve for those who, who are on the wide road. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just use your spirit, utilize your spirit through us to help people to see how wonderful it is to to follow you, a good king, a loving father. We praise your name this, this day, Lord, that we would honor you in all that we do. We say thank you, Lord. Give us opportunities, supernatural opportunities, these next few weeks as we prepare for Easter Sunday. And, Lord, we know that that day represents the day you, you conquered death. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.